Deep Shot Podcast, episode 33. Jones episode. He had a good game last yeah, night. Yeah, Aaron Jones. Ooh. Shout out Aaron Jones for last night. Got a lot of football to talk. It has uh, week three in college, week two in the NFL. We're going to review and then preview week three and week four. It's going to be a good one. But, Jake, Caleb, how are we feeling? How are we feeling? Feeling good. Been a good week. Um, solid numbers betting-wise. And somehow turned out that I had to pay out yesterday. So uh, you do the math on that. I'm not too sure. Speaking of betting, there was a guy last night that missed seven hundred and thirty-four thousand yeah, dollars if the if the Lions would have won on a sixteen team parlay. Absolutely tragic. Feel for that guy. Yeah. How do you get how do you that smart to pick the fifteen games correctly and then pick the yep. Lions? Right. I was thinking the same thing, bro. Like that's honestly, if you're in that if you're in that situation. You got to find somebody to give you like a four hundred thousand dollar loan. Like you got to, and then hedge it. Like, yeah. At that point, you got to do something drastic to make sure you're making a lot of money. Agreed. He only put like twenty five dollars down though on the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Crazy, crazy. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try it this week. I'm gonna put twenty five dollars on a sixteen team parlay, and I'm gonna win seven hundred thirty four thousand dollars. What about you, Caleb? Uh, I'm feeling great. You know, miss a lot of my picks, but, you know, this is just how life goes. Sometimes you have bad weeks, you know. Yeah. Whatever. On to the next. On Time to the next. Me. Let's get going. All right. Last week in college football, we talked about really just two marquee games that are really the only two games that a lot of people had their heads on. But let's start with one we didn't talk about or – I'm I'm ready to start pulling the plug on uh, not only Oklahoma's defense, but their offense as well. Doesn't seem to be moving the way it's supposed to be. Am I am I overreacting? Because I feel like Oklahoma was, you know, other than Oklahoma, there was Georgia who was talked about a lot as like, you know, that outside favor other than an Alabama or a Clemson. And Oklahoma is right there, too. They got all the heavy odds. All the people are picking them at the plus 700, plus 800 type stuff. And after this week against Nebraska, I mean, we're realistically talking about they don't have the one-handed interception and a lot of lucky breaks. And honestly, just if I need to pull up how many penalties uh, Nebraska had, because, again, the worst coach team in college football by far, uh, definitely seemed like they had plenty of chances to win this game. And they didn't. So, um, But I'm ready to pull the plug on Oklahoma. Maybe losing to West Virginia this week. We'll get to that. But what are you guys thinking? I'm, I'm ready to do it. Spencer Rattler, I mean, come on, bro. We've been coming after, after you for like three straight weeks here. We would have figured at some point you would listen to the pod and like wake <laughs> up a little bit. But no, they definitely look bad. And Nebraska is a team that we've gone after. Scott Frost, that we've gone after. This is a, this is a game if you're – they were ranked number three when they played. They just got bumped to four. This is a game you got to take care of a little bit more than seven points on the 50-year anniversary of the the what was it the game of the century? You know, yeah. I was I was looking for a little something, and they they could couldn't put the game away. That's two straight weeks. Well, not two straight weeks. I guess go back two weeks from that because they won what like 75 to nothing last week. But mm. um, two weeks ago against Tulane, they were not able to put the game away. They were not able to do that. Once you start playing some good teams and like you said, West Virginia this week, they've looked solid. It could be an issue. I don't, I don't see them losing to West Virginia personally. I, I, I think they keep it close and they uh, come out on top again, but 
Once they move down, I'm looking at their schedule right now, maybe against Texas um, later in the season, the Oklahoma State and Bedlam, Kansas State in two weeks. They're going to have to learn how to Kansas play. State, they do struggle against K-State now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm looking at the stats, and it was pretty even across the board um, in terms of yards. Uh, there was only that one turnover, which was the interception. Time of possession was still the same. First down's kind of the same. Penalties, actually the same amount of yardage between the two teams and their penalties. But, I mean, Nebraska passed for more yards than Oklahoma. I mean, this is – Caleb, what are you thinking? I'm, I'm really uh, – I'm just – Feeling a little queasy about Oklahoma. I mean, uh, it's Tuesday, but it feels like overreaction Monday. Um, Oklahoma is going to put this thing together by the end of the year. Now, I don't think that they're as good as what we thought. And also, and I mean, this kind of goes back to like the first podcast. Like, it feels like there are about three or four teams in America that are for real, and everybody else is not. I mean, that number has really dwindled down to about two or three in my book. Like, Georgia, yeah. Alabama and Georgia are for real. I mean, Oregon's at number three or something like that, right? Like, are Oregon's, they? Or is, or is, I think Oregon is three, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do we really think that is the third, like, a, a, a your typical number three team in the country? I mean, who knows? So, I mean, I think they got to really – they got to win convincingly more when you're that good, if you're supposed to be that good. We'll see. No, yeah, we'll see. for sure. I mean, they, they – yeah, like you said, they beat Tulane by one score. And then this week they beat Nebraska by one score. Their only convincing win is last week is against you know, some nobody, FCS East right. on NCAA 12, NCAA 14. Yeah. <laughs> Oklahoma should have lost to Tulane in week one. They should have. Yeah, yeah. Like that, that game was theirs to lose, and they should have. They got lucky. And, yeah, and I know we talked about this a couple weeks ago, but just to reiterate it, that game was supposed to be played in Tulane. Yes. Move that game down to NOLA and see what happens. You know, it might be a little bit of home field, home cooking going on. Okay. Uh, and then one other team, Clemson. Woo. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know, man. Dude, they were oh, – I mean, dude, it took them – it took them three and three-fourths of a quarter. Out, passed. Out had less passing yards than Jordan Yates, the Georgia Tech quarterback. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's that doesn't that is shouldn't be real. That shouldn't be real. You're a passing team like Clemson, and you got the triple option machine at Georgia Tech. I know they've changed a little bit with uh, whatever their new head coach is. I can't can't think of it off the top of my head right now. But Jeff Collins. Yeah, Jeff. But the G off. I hate just yeah, a little side off. note. It's I spelling. hate I hate it's when spelling. people spell Jeff like that. I hate it. It gets on my nerves. Mm-hmm. But no, yeah. I mean, but. Listen to this. Listen to this. I mean, just like we talked about with the Oklahoma game, Georgia Tech outgained Clemson. There was the same amount of turnovers. Georgia Tech held the ball more, and Georgia Tech had one more first down. Georgia Tech also had less penalty yards. Clemson won the game because eventually, just talent is going to win. But uh, uh-uh. you can't can't be doing that. Tech Tech lost to Northern Illinois two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. a good look for Clemson. I'm starting. I'm. I'm going to go ahead and and just throw it down there as my take. DJ He's not. He's 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 not going to go anywhere close. Anywhere close. His his one game against Notre Dame and the other game he played last year. 
Good job. But it uh, 18 for 25, 126 yards. Is it time to? I mean, I know this is in, an incredibly hot take, um, but think about old Dabo, man. I mean, the last two quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson and then Trevor Lawrence, and before that, it was Taj Boyd. He's played with three damn good college quarterbacks, yeah. and now DJ was supposed to be the guy, and he just beat Georgia Tech by six points at home. Almost lost the game too because Tech had the ball. Like with like five or six seconds left, oh, like yeah. in, in the no, ten inside the ten. Like the, they had to stop tech on like the twelve going in to score for it to go up in order to win that game. Because it was fourteen to six. Tech got a safety with like thirty seconds to go, and then recovered the onside kick. I mean, yeah. Would you say about Dabo could be true? They're, the coaching at Clemson is seeming a little off. Good thing they've got a defense. Clemson could yeah. be the Georgia of years past. Mm-hmm. No, I definitely no. They definitely do have a good defense. This isn't something we can uh, that you, you can just doubt. keep changing that background too. The the me yeah it's new is background. It oh, it's this little Christmas thing I got going. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, I mean they the Georgia game it was only ten to three. So by God, I hope they have a good defense. I mean, what we've seen out of Georgia, we have haven't really played a good team since Clemson. Um, but yeah, I hope I hope it was a good defense if they held us to ten. Let's see, see. Wanted to wanted to ridicule Oklahoma and Clemson real quick, but let's talk about Alabama, Florida. First, um, Jake did change his pick again on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I guess am, technically he won, but yeah, well, for the two, purpose of the podcast, he did not. Way to go, me and Caleb. I'm so glad I rode the train. I was so about to say Alabama, and then it, honestly, shout out to Caleb. If he didn't say Florida, I probably would have said Alabama, but Florida covered. Almost won the game. How are we feeling about – does this say – is this more of impressive Florida or degrading Alabama? Before Jake says anything, Carson Beck could have done that shit against Alabama. <laughs> How about that? Uh, uh-huh. yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah you're right. I am so, so <laughs> completely, like, expected that. I, you know, it's tough to go in the Alabama game confident, but I was confident that, like, Miami was shit. Like, they were, they're bad. Yeah. And I think that's evident after this weekend. They're bad. They're not bad. They're, they're bad. So, you know, one thing about it, and I heard somebody say this on TV too Florida, when Florida plays Alabama, they never shrill up, and it's always a close game every time. It don't matter what kind of team it is. The last three or four times we played Bama, I think we've lost by less than 10 points. And I think that's going to continue to be the same way if Mullen's there. Um, and I'm glad somebody finally challenged Alabama because I was nearly convinced that, like they were 15 and 0, give them the trophy. I, just who's playing for second at this point? Obviously, that's not the case. They can get beat, and any team can get beat on any Saturday. I the love trend it. is out. But it, it this is another one of those games having a trend. Florida outgained Alabama by 109 yards. Had more time possession, seven more first downs. The only difference, Florida did have a turnover. Alabama did not. Yeah, but. Emory Jones, that interception was disgusting. Um, but he got smoked. Like, Alabama brought six, and he got struck by um, um, Anderson, the Will Anderson on the end, who ended up being, like, SEC Player of the Week. Um, now, oh, I will SEC say, Emory had some, Emory had some uh, bad throws, like, 
There was one at the end of that game where it was like a third and 20, and he threw it to a tight end over the middle, and he threw it at his freaking knees, and we still caught it. But if you like, if you hit that guy in stride, we're going to be on like the 10-yard line. Yeah. That That's the kind of – that's what we're missing from Kyle Trask right now. Like, Florida's still damn good, still loaded. But Alabama is beatable. That's the bigger thing. Like, there's hope in college football this year. It's not the freaking empire, galactic empire, ruling over everybody again. Yeah, and honestly, if you think about it, uh, with my yeah, like like Garrison uh, said earlier, I did change my pick, so um, there's that. And last second, like five minutes before kickoff, like fuck it, I'm doing it. But um, the over was sixty and a half, ended at sixty. So when we did the podcast, it was fifty nine. So yeah, so count it. But to be completely honest with you, I would rather miss on the podcast and uh, get right in real life and get some get some squirrel. Why don't you just follow your podcast? Yeah, be true to the fans, dude. Dude, it's hard sometimes because I wake up on (laughs) Saturdays and I just have this enlightenment. I'm like, you know what, Florida's going to keep it close today. And but wait, but I would. I'm going to send a. Send a what's it called? Like I'm gonna send a check to the Florida's kicker uh, for fucking that up for me. And also, dude, who's that? That game should have gone to overtime. Make that extra point, and then they don't have to go for two there at the end of the game. Just kick the extra point. Do your job. Yeah. I hate the two point conversion call too. It, that was it was so, terrible. Been, oh, just hold the ball and wait. Doing, yeah, yeah. Doing that inside read option thing and then you're gonna let emory ride him all the way into the end like the freaking line of scrimmage and just tell him shove him no that's i don't i didn't get that i really didn't get that at all i mean there's not many calls i would have liked at least less than that maybe like a goal on fade i hate the goal on fade um but specialty is like getting five guys out like let's throw it to the running back let's get him out on like in the flat or something anything anything other than just Plain old, you're not going to run the ball in Alabama from the two-yard line. Breaking news. Mm. <laughs> no, it's not the move. No, but man, I really, th- I really thought they had it for a while. Like when it did get, it did get going uh, pretty early in Alabama's favor. I think it got to twenty-one to three, and I was like, oh, it's about to get bad. But mm. really, the rest of the game, Florida controlled. Florida controlled that game. Um, yeah. Made the offense look. I mean, the offense still looked really good by no means, did, but they controlled it. You know. Um, Florida's defense is definitely something to look at. Um, October 31st is going to be a cage match. I cannot wait. I was talking a little, a little story time right here on Saturday, right after the Florida game ended, I was like, you know what? I want a pizza. And so I called in Papa John's, went to old Papa John's, sat in a, they, they, the app told me my pizza was ready. So I go to the Papa John's and of course the pizza wasn't ready. I had to wait there for like 10 minutes. It was really freaking annoying. But I was wearing my Aaron Murray jersey that I bought, the triple XL that I bought when I was like twelve. Um, and I was just sitting there and there was a Florida guy sitting next to me. I was like, Man, I thought y'all had it tonight. And he just went on a spiel um uh, about the about the kicker, cussing up and down all about this. Um but he feels confident. He thinks he thinks they're gonna they're gonna beat us in Jacksonville and they're gonna beat Bama in the SEC championship. So I don't know. I think a rematch between them two would be good. It's a shame that we're not going to get it, though. Yeah. Yeah, that's a shame. Sure. Tell you what, buddy. Florida's not going to be able to run like that. Emory Jones ain't getting 80 to 100 yards on Georgia's defense. Let me tell you. Hell no. I think Alabama's defense is a little bit overrated, too. I'm starting to to think that. Everybody said this was the best defense Nick Saban's ever had. 
I didn't. I wasn't that impressed the first two weeks. Thought it was it's more off the It's just a D line. Like those two ends are like hell and wheels. But now one of them's hurt, so they're still Alabama. I mean, they're not like world beaters. Yeah, they look good against Miami. Yeah, but so Michigan State. So, all right. Yeah. Auburn, Penn State, another one that uh, yeah. I guessed great. Said it, said it wasn't going to be double digits. Said they would cover the spread, though. Also called the under of 53. Go me. Uh, Bo Nix threw for 55%. Didn't throw for a touchdown. Tank Bigsby was really Auburn's entire offense all night. Sean Clifford for Penn State, 28 for 32, 280 yards. I mean, when your quarterback is throwing, what is that, like 80%, uh, you're probably going to – win the game home field advantage uh it was another one tight one where the yards were about the same time possession first down turnover same uh but just you know one one play here and there home field home field advantage a lot of things it went right for penn state and just not enough for auburn and i think the biggest thing is bo nicks going 21 for 37 uh that just can't happen you can't throw 55 percent in a 7:30 primetime game, not not put something in the end zone. Yeah, uh, that's the way I see it. <clears throat> that's really always been his problem. You know, he's never been a big uh, completion guy. He's, I don't know. I big cat tweeted, and I thought this was a perfect um, analogy for him. He seemed like he said every single one of his throws just look like he's uh, on dude perfect trying to just make the craziest throw into <laughs> a trash can in the back corner of the end zone, which is. So accurate because he makes every single play look so difficult. Every single play. And that's not to say that Bo Nix can't make a play here and there, but to string together, you know, an entire drive of those on the road against that, you know, one of the top teams in the country and a wide out, it's not reliable. Yeah, it's not. I said it last week. Didn't think Bo Nix had it in him. I don't think he did. Hey, y'all are brutal. Oh, brutal. Listen, I think like 21 for whatever you said, 37, that's a good completion percentage versus a good SEC team, which he hasn't really seen that in a while, right? It's beginning of the year. But, I mean, he just didn't get it done. He didn't get it done. That's yeah, he didn't line. get it done, but you can't make excuses for him because this is what he had his fourth year as a starting quarterback. Third, in, uh, third year as a starting quarterback. I mean, dude, you, this, there isn't any of those excuses like, oh, it might have been you know, too big of an atmosphere for him. You got to make plays. 55% doesn't get it done. 55% just does not get it done, especially on the road against a good team like that. You're going to have to complete more passes than that. Yeah, and then no thing hurts. Like that's 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 bad. You gotta make a play. Mm-hmm. No touchdown. Um, yeah. So we'll see how that went. Uh, hey, can we say the refs were really bad that game. That SEC crew sucked. They were. Oh, they, yeah. they were. Yeah, they SEC. Yeah, I will say that was mm-hmm. not the best officiating. Yeah, it was a hell of a game though. They that atmosphere is so electric. Just. Wideouts only happen once a year, and then for that shit to happen, it was good. It was a good game. Yeah, I, did, I hate that. I hated that Georgia was playing South Carolina during it because obviously I was, you know, a little bit more invested in the Georgia South Carolina game and low key for a little bit. Garrison, I don't know if you got a little nervous, but we were talking so much smack to Ryan, mm-hmm. and then they completed a couple like long passes, and I was sitting there, and then they had the interception. Uh, I was like, I was oh, saying, God, yeah, no, that one. 
I wasn't, Please don't have it. Never, never. Defense too good. Yeah. Defense too good. Uh, Georgia did kick ass this weekend. That was awesome. Georgia's mm-hmm. top team in the country. Any other headlines you guys got from week three? Anything anything that stuck out to you? Can we call uh, out Can we call out Kirby real quick? I mean, like going back to the interception, why in the hell was Stetson Bennett in the game? Can I get a can, – can y'all give me any, like, legitimate reason why you pull JT Daniels, who at the moment was eight for nine, for like 170 yards in the touchdown, just completed a, like, 80-yard bomb to Burton, and then he pull him for Stetson Bennett? Is there a yeah. single reason why they all can come up with it that makes sense? Um, personally, when it when it happened, when uh, Stetson came in the game, I was all for it uh, at the moment. Really? I don't know. I was I, like, uh, yeah, why not? We can beat him with Stetson, too. Let's do it. Uh, and then, yeah, after the interception, I was really – Especially like, after JT mind. missing last week. I'll yeah, say, but uh, we JT – as many reps as possible. I mean, JT said in the post game that, you know – he thinks that Kirby thought that both guys deserve to get some playing time. I mean, Seth Tanner was the offensive player of the week in the SEC last week, threw for five touchdowns. It was UAB. Yeah. But, I mean, Carson Beck was not looking hot either. So, I mean, was not looking hot. So, Stetson was, you know, there, there was probably a lot of things. Kirby probably was, you know, trying to play play a little game, try to see if he was able to use a little two-quarterback system maybe in the future. Um, I texted my dad during it and was like, all right, what are we doing here, blah, blah, blah. And he said it perfect. He said, I think this this little experiment, I think it went exactly how it should have. Stetson fucked it up, and we're going to – and now we know. I think so, too. So, I think yeah, so, too. So, I, 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 best I, case scenario, yes, that's through a pig. Sorry, sorry. Um, but, you know. I mean, I I, I, I'm on record saying story, that Stetson but... can get the job done against UABs. He ain't JT Daniels, though. He ain't JT Daniels. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think it's like, man, if that would have been, if that would be, if that interception would have led to them getting a score, and then all of a sudden, you know, there's a little bit of momentum, then we get in like a cage fight. Stuff like that is how you lose games to inferior opponents. That's how you do it. Stupid mistakes like that, out coaching yourself, I would say. It didn't. I mean, it didn't come back to hurt us, but I don't know. I just, I, I wish we could. We would. That wouldn't have happened. But I think it might. Like you said, it might actually kind of benefit us because next time uh next time Kirby gets that little idea in the back of his head I think he's gonna you know run away from it a little bit more I'm with you all right Caleb anything from week three before we move to week four um I got one thing it's kind of off the wall um so y'all know how Charlie Brewer transferred from Baylor to Utah this past year yeah starting QB yeah he he left the program after starting really? kind of weird he That's started it. for a yeah, reason. He started, he started three games. I don't know what the reason is. Let's find out. It's weird. Just get 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 him on the pod. <laughs> Charlie Brewer. No, I mean, like the ESPN article just says Charlie. Like Kyle Winningham said, Charlie has decided to move on, and we wish him the best. That's it. Like move on from football, or just move on from the program. I guess move on from the program. But I mean, Utah did lose San Diego State in overtime this week, and he was a starter. He got pulled. So oh. Uh, well, yeah, there's your reason. There reason. That's kind of that's kind of all down in the article right there. Weird. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, that he'll is be, weird. He'll be Utah. It'll be fun. Pac-12 football. Mm-hmm. Bad week for Pac-12 football. San Diego State. Utah wasn't supposed to be like a playoff team last year. What the hell? Yeah, San Diego State beats Utah. Fresno State beats uh, UCLA. Yeah. Uh, Chef Kelly. Oregon, yeah. Oregon struggled for a, a half against Stony Brook. 
Yeah, the uh, Pac-12 had some hype for a little bit, but mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see. All right, let's move on. Week four, let's get some picks in, and then we'll head to the NFL, which was wild this week. Um, let's get into some top ten matchups. First one, Notre Dame at Wisconsin. Oh, the spread's been moving. Yesterday, I took – so I like to – through this hot streak of college football I've been on um, – I, I've I've decided that like for the games that I do bet on, I I just pick them on Monday. Just you know, look at the spreads, just and then whatever I think in my head, like gut reaction, just go. Just before it moves, before I start overthinking it, just take it. This one, I'm on Notre Dame. It, I had plus five and a half. It's at plus six and a half right now. Over under at forty six and a half. I'm all over Notre Dame. Let me tell you why. Jack Cohn. Native quarterback, former Wisconsin quarterback, heading home. Revenge tour. Revenge tour. Not only, and and let's not act like he's a scrub. Also, Notre Dame had the bad week two weeks ago against, um, who did they play two weeks ago they almost lost to? No, they had Florida State. Yeah, so really two bad weeks when you think about it. Florida State, and then I forgot the team that they almost lost to like two weeks ago. Was it Toledo? It was like somebody. Yeah, Toledo, Tulsa, one of those. And then last week, there was all this hype that Purdue was going to beat them. Well, they fought them off. I think Notre Dame, Jack Cohn, Notre Dame, I think I, I might do money line too. Like, I really think Notre Dame's going to go in there and win this game because I just think there's, it, it's just one of those things where, one, I think they're, they're talented. They win football games like these. The Notre Dame stays around for reasons like this every single year because they can beat a team like Wisconsin, mm-hmm. who's going to probably end up with three or four losses. Uh, and I think that even though it's Wisconsin in Madison, noon o'clock, uh, I, I don't see Notre Dame being beat by a touchdown. I probably don't see him being beat at all. So I'm going to take Notre Dame plus six and a half, um, and I'm over 46 and a half as well. This is a toughie. I think I'm going to go with you, though, on Notre Dame. Just for a lot of the reasons he said, they win They win these games. Um, and Wisconsin's a little sus. Yeah. Wisconsin's a little sus. I, I are a little sus. Graham Mertz was supposed to be that guy. Um, he's supposed to be really good, and I'm yet to see it from him in a big-time matchup. Every time there's a big game, I keep on waiting. Game um, is also, actually, correction from earlier, game is at Soldier Field. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah, I saw that. I was, I was watching Fox. They came on saying, it's like, you know what happens when Notre Dame comes to Chicago? They, they paint the uh, river green. How do you think they're going to react in Soldier Field? Yeah, definitely. I'm liking that even more. Even more. Keep it in-state. Well, not in-state. Next to state, but same thing. And you said the over-under was what? 40 what? 46 and a half. 46 and a half. Yeah, toss me that over. Toss me that over. All right. I'm going to go against the grain. I'm taking Wisconsin. Here's why. Wisconsin this year has given up 33 yards rushing per game, average. And Notre Dame has had problems rushing also this year. So all their games that they've struggled in, Jack comes out and throw the ball. I mean, he's not a scrub. He's not a Heisman candidate either. So it's going to be him working against Wisconsin and the clock because Wisconsin is going to work the clock. And 
I, you know, Notre Dame has just struggled so much with bad teams. I just, I see them struggling with good teams. Like Wisconsin's played a decent team so far, right? They got a little bit of toughness yeah, about them. Penn State, yeah. I, I'm taking but, Wisconsin. And, I mean, even that Penn State game. I mean, I know obviously Penn State answers some questions for us this week by taking care of business against Auburn. But even in that game, it seemed like Penn State was, you know, just kind of, you know, lollygagging or not lollygagging around, but a little bit going through the motions. Like there wasn't a sense of urgency on either side. That was a really ugly game to start a season. And I wasn't impressed by either one of the squads. So yeah, in their you know big game, Wisconsin looked really bad down the stretch against Penn State. Uh, Graham, think he threw at least two interceptions in the fourth quarter. Both of them. Five minutes. That yeah. Would happen. And both of them were both of them were really bad. I, I I know that one around the goal line, he just threw it up for grabs on fourth down. Like there was triple triple coverage. Uh, the hail mary before the game, he left about fifteen yards short of the end zone. Um, so there, I mean, I've got some questions. I wouldn't be surprised if it's close. That's why, honestly, I'm going with Notre Dame just for the plus six and a half. I think I think you take the points. It is going to be close. It's going to be close. It will be close. It'll be close. Let's see. Let's see what's gonna happen. Let's uh, let's talk uh, some SEC. And also, let me say this oh, real quick. Just a little, this a little add-in right here. I always feel like I don't know if y'all agree, but outside of like the playoff, I feel like Notre Dame typically plays these games close. You know, against yeah. against good against teams. Georgia. Yeah, against Georgia, against Clemson last year. Um, they always you know keep it tight uh, until they get to the playoff and they lose by forty-five. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, SEC, Texas A&M, Arkansas, in Dallas. Uh, both teams 3-0, and seventh-ranked Aggie, 16th-ranked Razorbacks. Uh, let's set, check the spread. We're at A&M minus 5, over-under at 47.5. Look, um, I want to hop on the Arkansas train really bad. I really do. I really I like Sam Pittman. I mean, most you know Georgia fans do, uh, but there's just something about A and M and their defense. They're only they've only given up five yards or five sorry five points a game so far in their first three games, and only seventy seven yards passing in their first three wow. games. Um, so that that one is is what triggers me a little bit. Uh, also, I just I I feel like Texas A&M hasn't really got going yet. Jimbo Fisher, big game against you know an, a, a, a probably a coach not as experienced as he is in, in a big game like this, big atmosphere. Uh, I I I really think like the Colorado week, two week game two weeks ago left a bad Texas a bad taste in Texas A&M's mouth. Uh, they shut out. New Mexico last week. So this is really their first like big game, you know, nationally televised type stuff, CBS. Um, I just really think that Texas A&M's defense is going to be able to take care of Arkansas. Don't think Arkansas's offense is, is potent enough to really put up m- maybe more than 20 points on this team. Uh, <clears throat> I, I like Texas A&M minus five and a half. Give me the under um, at 47 and a half as well. I think I'm going to rock with Arkansas on this. I've been pretty impressed with them so far, and I think Texas a and is still in a little bit of a quarterback limbo trying to replace Kellen Mond. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to take I'm gonna take Sam, big boy Sam, um, and the points. Give me Arkansas. I'm going to stay with you on the under. But I, I've, I've liked what I've seen from Arkansas this year. Um, so, yeah, give me them. 
going to be a good one, especially, dude. Like, seeing Florida State go 0-3, and they've been so bad literally since the day that Jimbo Fisher left them. It's just made me, like, really value Jimbo as a head coach. I don't know. I just picked against him. But, like, how crazy is that? That literally it's the day that Jimbo Fisher left campus, Florida State has just gone up in flames and has not even sniffed a winning season since. And he gets to Texas a and and, you know, immediately gets success. Thought I'd throw that in there. He pretty did inherit a pretty talented roster, but what well, at Fort uh, Texas A&M? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, they got you know, Florida State has been struggling since, but um, I don't know, man. What's the line on this? Five and a half. Yeah, five. Let's see. I always move to five. Yeah. Mm, I like Pittman's boys too, but I think I'm gonna roll with Texas A&M. I just, you know, Arkansas doesn't have experience in these big games, and I'm I'm kind of like Jake. Like these first couple of weeks, A&M hasn't been very compl- come, you know, convincing so to speak. But you know, they I think Jimbo is a good enough coach. Like he's one of the best people offensively in football. He's gonna pull out all the stops for this game, and they're gonna scheme Arkansas up somehow. Boat race these dudes. I'm not gonna say like. Like they're going to score a bunch, and Arkansas is going to have to keep up. And I, I think they will. They'll probably match for match for a little while. Be shocking, but I'm taking a And M. Strong team. Since we were just talking about Jimbo, I saw this. Really, I saw a really funny TikTok today. Just a little throwback, a uh, little throwback Tuesday right here um, of when Jameis Winston uh, yelled uh, "ever right in the pussy" at, in the. Uh, in the student union, uh, like right after they won the national championship, like the year after, got suspended for the opener against Clemson, and then he uh, still dressed out and was down on the field. And just Jimbo's reaction of talking to him, you can just see how frustrated he was. It's classic. Yeah, I thought I'd throw that little anecdote there. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. All right, well, let's move on to some locks of the week, um, and then I want you guys to give me an upset too. Just give me a little. Upset of the week as well. Just throw that in there. Get some more picks in here. Um, my lock of the week, I'm, I'm going to keep it simple. Alabama is a 45-point favorite against Southern Mississippi. Uh, just had a game where they looked like they should have lost, um, and that is just not good. I really, to be honest, I truly feel like they shouldn't have made a spread for this game um, because I feel like, Alabama's going to score 70 points on Southern Mississippi. I feel like this is going to be an absolute blowout. Just keep it simple. Keep it simple. Alabama minus 45. Um, if I wasn't going to go with this, um, also like Georgia. Georgia's another one. Or And if I wasn't going to go with that one, Jake, I would go with Louisiana Lafayette minus 14 against Georgia Southern. I've actually already got that one. Oh, yeah. No, Georgia Southern. Take Georgia Southern. Uh, take the other team against and take the spread every single time. Georgia Southern is hot garbage this year, bro. So bad. Uh, Chad? Chad Lunsford, you know, you're a good guy. I like you, um, but this is your last year, bud. I hate to tell you, but it's it's happening. Um, my lock of the week, uh, we talked about Clemson kind of playing down the last couple of weeks. I think this week um, against uh, NC State, I think they take care of business. It's a, only a 10-point spread. I thought it would be a little bit higher than that. I think Clemson asserts a little bit of dominance this week, gets, a, gets them back in the conversation of thinking that they're an elite program. Uh, I think DJ is going to have a coming out uh, a little bit better of a game this week. Could be Clemson minus ten. That's my lock. 
Can we share locks? Because that was going to be mine. Yeah, go ahead and then give us your upset. Give us your upset of the week. Um, upset of the week. Upset okay. against the spread or upset money line? Yeah, that's a upset great question. money line. Okay. All right, I got mine. Baylor right. is going to take down Iowa State. Oh, okay. I, Iowa State's only favored by seven. Baylor's three and zero, rolling it, rolling there. They, it's at home too, so Iowa State's got to travel. Baylor's gonna take them down. I like that. I like that, Jake. What do we got on the upsets? Ooh man, this is a toughie, but I think I'm gonna stay with one of my earlier picks, and I'm gonna go Arkansas over Texas A&M mm-hmm. in Dallas. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna go with West Virginia over Oklahoma. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, good in one. Norman. That's my lock of the week. That would have been a showdown. A 7.30 game in Norman. I think West Virginia, West Virginia's going to make some noise. I also, right. dude, just talking a little bit more about that pick, 16 and a half point spread, sheesh. Yeah. That, yeah West Virginia I've got that, points. I've already got that spread. Yeah, I've yeah, already got that locked in. Yeah, give me that. Good Lord. West Virginia coming off a big win against Virginia Tech as well. So... Feeling it. All right, let's move on to the NFL. Ooh, nice week in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice week. Uh, just to go back on some of the picks, you guys both uh, picked the Washington football team to cover. That did not happen. Hey, uh, my, my lock of the week uh, did not happen with the Saints. Jake's lock of the week pushed. Uh, Caleb had a lock of the week that did hit, but then he changed his lock of the week that did not hit. Thanks. <laughs> Steelers, uh, Raiders. Jake was the only one that won. Bills, Dolphins. Uh, we both, me and Jake, both picked the Bills. Caleb lost. Oh, dude. Come on, bro. <laughs> 49ers, Eagles. That Dolphins defense. 49ers, yeah. Eagles. You guys both got that one. Falcons, Bucks. Um, I think we all took the Bucks. Um, and there were some other ones that I did not get to listen to. But let's talk about last week. Just first takeaway. Just first thing you thought about last week watching for Sunday football. I was shocked, shocked. Like, ne- like you cannot. I was, I was just sitting in my bed watching the game because that's all I have to do on Saturdays and Sundays is just literally sit in my room and watch football. But the Saints, bro, you beat the Packers by thirty-one, and then just completely lay an egg the next week against a Panthers team that you could come really argue is inferior. Now, this could be the Panthers could low key be good this year, but we'll get to that later. Um, but that was my my initial reaction was, well, what is going on with the Saints? They were unable to do anything. And every time that they maybe had a chance to get back in the game, they they didn't do anything. Camaro looked not great. Uh, Jameis uh, kind of went back to his old self through two interceptions. And one of them, good Lord, was just vintage oh Jameis. Just throwing it up for grabs and triple yeah. coverage. And I've been in one of my leagues, um, I've what about my my work league? I benched uh, Matthew Stafford for Jameis this week. I don't want to talk about it. I do. Mm. Mm. My first takeaway: um, one, the 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 Titans finally gave the fucking ball to Derrick Henry. I mean, yeah. Jesus Christ! I mean, you see what happens when you just feed them. I mean, thirty-five carries, one hundred seventy-eight yards, three touchdowns. Had like five or six catches too, as well for like fifty-plus yards. Uh, that was my first takeaway. Um, another takeaway that I had, the Raiders. Steelers were a little banged up, but the Raiders were able to pull that one through. Derek Carr had another good game, 382 yards, two tutties. 
Uh, Henry Ruggs, five catches, 113 yards. You really don't see Henry Ruggs with five catches in the game like ever. Yeah. Uh, so they're really starting to find options other than Waller, which is something they really need to do. I do still think that the rate. I'm not fully convinced that the Raiders are, uh, you know, they're obviously not going to win their division. But I'm, I'm not fully convinced on them being the 10-11 win team, but they're creeping. They're creeping into my uh, – they're, they're making me watch. What about they you? They have Caleb? a solid squad, yeah. Um, two things also. Uh, one, Kyler Murray is that guy. That's <laughs> He is unbelievable, unbelievable, yeah. and that team looks really good. Like they actually have five good receivers on that team that could just go get any time. We, I was watching highlights of that game, and all of a sudden they just threw it AJ Green. I was like, "Holy shit!" Is this like I forgot he was on that team? Honestly, like I had completely forgot that he was there. Hey, sidebar, y'all see you picked up Rondell Moore today, right? Mmm. Mmm. You did you? Oh, uh-huh, I did. I also tried to pick up Cordell Patterson. But Jake, I got, Blackett, I got Jake, him. No, Blake got him. Did he? He outbid me. Yeah. Oh, how much did you put? Four. Yeah, you put ten. Bro, okay, that's okay. He spent a little bit too much on him. I spent nineteen um, on Rondell Moore. So. I, I don't know. I did the same thing last year. It's like I see the hundred dollars is such a finite amount, and I'm like, hey, I'm just gonna, you know, keep them small. And then by the end of the year, I have eighty nine dollars left. I'm like, yeah, hey, no, I you gotta go big early. Harder with that. You gotta go big. Uh, Spend your money, man. You're not gonna need it. Yeah. Um, but also, go back to the Cardinals. Cardinals, that game was crazy because the Cardinals looked so good. And so did the Vikings, and they should have won. They should have won so much pain to the Vikings, man. They cannot get a kicker, bro. Mm-hmm. Going back to like you Blair can Walsh. take it. You can take it all. The, yeah, Blair Walsh, take it all the way back to '98 when the Falcons beat them in the playoffs and in the uh, NFC Championship, and they and they missed the field goal. Like, bro, the Vikings are so cursed with field goals. Like and they, it, it's it's out. It's incredible at this point. Have y'all if y'all need to hear the radio call of like the Vikings guy? Because like yeah. whenever he takes a he field said goal, it was he, good. It's good. No, he pushed it, and then he just, <laughs> uh, just immediately his day's ruined. Uh, couple, <laughs> what was your other takeaway, Caleb? Um, Tom Brady has broken the Falcons completely. Nine and zero against him in his career. 28, 20, 28, 25. Like I was in the coach's office game plan. I was like, okay, this game's gonna be a boat race. All right, so they go big. Falcons come back. I'm like, oh shit. And I tell everybody in the office, we got a game. I look back 20 minutes later, and he has thrown two pick sixes, and they've scored again. I, okay, I just I okay, get it. okay. Don't but get the it. pick sixes are not one on was, the one of, one of them was neither of them were. They were both just like we like all three of us agreed. The the Falcons offensive line got absolutely demolished this week, mm-hmm. and both of them like were the exact same play. Just defensive lineman in his face, him trying to get away, gets batted up in the air. And I forget who caught it, but it was the same gun. Both Mike of them. Edwards, took it to, or, yeah, Mike Edwards took it to the house or both of them. I, I feel so bad for Matt Ryan. And I saw a picture on Twitter today of it was I think it was after the second pick six. Matt Ryan was just yelling at his offensive line. Like and I just feel so much pain for him because he deserves throughout his entire career, man, is it's been a bad offensive line play. And it's not his fault. It's not his fault. The Super Bowl There's wasn't his fault. The year that but... he had good O-line play, he went to the Super Bowl the one year. Yeah. Yeah, he probably misses Alec, Ma- Alec Mack like it ain't. Yeah. yeah. He yeah. probably really misses him. Uh, 
Or the, the West, the West Schweitzer that year was the like the number one rated right tackle in football, and then like every other year in his in his entire career, he was like bottom half of the league. <laughs> uh, some other things. Let's talk. Uh, some other games. Just Sunday real, night real, game was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Shout out Lamar. Shout out Lamar. I said it last week. Thought Lamar looked good. Thought Lamar was doing some good things. Uh, literally. I think did like won the game, did everything by himself. Lamar mm. is uh, back on his MVP shit. Um, out finally beat the Chiefs too. Like, what was the stat that Lamar's like thirty-one in eight against everybody but the Chiefs, and then yeah. he was like zero and three against the Chiefs. Yeah, finally got that dub. Good for him. Yes, I'm with the Ravens. And the Ravens to have as many injuries as they do have a defense that is obviously not that good. Um, still, I think the Ravens are still going to win. Probably not the North. Cause I think the Browns can win, are going to win the North, uh, but probably win about 10 games this year. I think the Ravens yeah, are good enough to do their playoff team. If the, the, the problem is though, it's like Lamar has to keep playing like that. I'm actually sitting here watching the replay of it. Lamar has to keep playing this, this high of a level. And he went absolutely bonkers in the fourth quarter. Like that was unbelievable how good he played in the fourth. Now, early on the game, now he, he struggled. He started slow, really slow. Oh yeah, pick six. Oh yeah, that pick six. Though, I mean, if you, if, I, mean, I, I think uh, argument can be made that that was Sammy Watkins' fault. Yeah, uh, well, not, maybe not his fault, but you know, it's just a little bit of combination of bad luck yeah. because he does yeah. fall down and the ball goes, you know, straight to Honey Badger. Uh, so yeah, just a little bit of bad luck there. But also, I mean, outside of, I think it was his other interception was also in the first quarter, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. So Honey Badger as well. Uh, yeah. First, he got negative two fantasy points at the end of the first. He ended up scoring like thirty-five. Mm-hmm. He's, yeah, he's, he's big he's for me. Good. I had a, I had a matchup this week against Boo Boo. Man, we, <laughs> we had a high-scoring game, and Lamar Lamar came too huge for me. So we want to sprinkle some fantasy in here. Listen, man, I'm feeling a little good about steamrolling the last. Two weeks. Feeling pretty good. Oh, I feel like I'm back, dude. No, I feel like y'all, I'm so y'all back. Both, y'all both peaked Also, Also, yeah, let's talk about fantasy for a second. Um, who has more points in two weeks, TJ Hawkinson or Darren Waller? Ooh. Oh. Ho, ho, ho. We'll see. He's going to get 19 targets this game, is he? Dude, Jared Goff. Let me, let me tell you something about TJ Hawkinson and the Lions and Jared Goff. Jared Goff is the ultimate ultimate tight end quarterback he is the ultimate like if like like just like matt ryan jared goff shake hands like ultimate tight end quarterbacks that like love using their tight end when they have a a a valuable one tj arkinson is going to outscore darren waller in fantasy points this year and oh my goodness it is going to be hard (laughs) yeah yeah that would be funny Uh, 17 games bud you're only two in you got a long way to go Just, just get ready we're already like what uh like 20, 12 points ahead. So. I finally got to see some life out of Kyle Pitts. That was huge. That yeah, one-handed, yeah. man, that one-handed catch. I'd be so excited, so excited. Because I'm not going to lie to you. After week one, I was like, oh, my God, I might have reached. Because I could have gotten TJ. I could have gotten TJ Hogginson when I picked Kyle Pitts. So don't think that that hasn't been running through my head. Uh, <laughs> but you know, g- give me give me KP8. I like him. Uh, he's looking a little bit more electric. And I think by the time – Here's the thing about my team. I just have to stay relevant until midseason. Because once Pitts gets that 
gets the chemistry going, Matty Ice. He's gonna. I think he'll be his the number one option for Matt because defense they're gonna be scheming around uh, around Calvin. I would say uh, so. He's gonna be going to going to pits even more. And on top of that, once I can plug on Michael Thomas in that lineup, it's over. I don't know why y'all are like arguing about whose team's better because my team is obviously the best it's team. Yeah, we're going to like Derrick Henry didn't get like 50 points. Uh, yeah, it's not that Garrison, Garrison, I got to tell you this, bro. It's not, it's, that's not dependable. You're not going to be what able. What do you mean? He did it like five times last year. It's, it's Yeah, that's but once the playoffs come around and we're only oh, playing. Yeah. Just like last only, year when the in the championship stake, he had like 38. Well, it's five weeks. We're not doing week, seven, week 18, right? So it's six weeks of playoffs, week, uh, week 12 to week 17. So... Get ready. It's a long playoffs. Right. You're gonna have to Last fantasy thing I want to say: Marquise Brown, sleeper, could have been a steal. Could have been a steal. Could have been Talk. a steal. How? How? I want to see. Ask you, Jake, if you saw you started James Winston this week. How are you gonna say that Michael Thomas coming back makes your team that much better? You saw James Winston this week. He's well, still. Because, uh, uh, I mean, uh, okay, okay. I know I spoke a little bit about the Saints. Also, something if you're we're gonna bash the Saints, we do have to add. That they lost like nine coaches this week due to COVID. They didn't have almost half of their staff, so that is is a factor in the game. Also, add Michael Thomas. How many times is Michael Thomas you know flying downfield? Not many times. He's slant boy for a reason. Slant boy and out boy. So I I just I just there's not another receiver on New Orleans team that even almost rivals Michael Thomas. Once he gets plugged in there, he is far and away the number one option. And I'm just plugging him into my lineup. Just it's easy. Put him in there. When I'm when I get that five hundred dollars, I'll let you know. Mm. All right. Let's get to some picks. Let's get to some picks. <laughs> okay. Um Thursday night. Again, I'm not a Thursday night guy. Uh, I'm I'm very bad at it. But I like this one kind of. Carolina versus Houston, Tyrod Taylor, the most unlucky man in the history of the NFL. I think. Yeah. I mean, yeah. just, just, I, I like the timeline of uh, where, like, what, where, where did it start before Cleveland? Like, there was Cleveland where he got hurt and Baker came in. Then there was, you know, he got his lung punctured last he year. Was a, he was a starter in Buffalo. They went to the playoffs and they, the, they yeah, left. that's right. He got he got benched. For Nathan Peterman, if you remember, and Peterman threw five picks in the first half. They go back to Tyrod, and he somehow gets that team back to the playoffs. They get rid of him. They draft Josh Allen that offseason. He goes to L.A., has a good start to the season. We went to Cleveland for that. Yeah, he went to Cleveland, has solid, gets benched for Baker. And then, boom, goes to L.A., gets his lung punctured by by the team doctor, which I still think is a crazy lawsuit that he's just missing out on some bucks for. And now, and now this, it is tough. It's a, it's a tough role to rod. Yeah. But uh, Texans don't have to rod. Davis Mills is the starting quarterback. Uh, Carolina minus eight over under at 43. I think the Panthers, Jake said it earlier. I think the Panthers yeah. are good. I said this, though. I think I've said this before in previous podcasts. Um, they're in the offseason and everything. I thought the Panthers, I thought Sam Darnold had – you know, had a lot of good life on him. He has, and let's, let's like realistically talk about the weapons he has. Like Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. 
Like he has got weapons. Like he and and the defense on Carolina is stacked in the secondary, pretty good on the D line. Carolina is is really becoming a a a dark horse team. And I think as much as you know, they're eight's a lot of points, but I think Carolina is is way too good um defensively for Davis Mills and this in this Houston team to, to really put up a lot of points. And I think not I think I know that Carolina is going to score at least twenty eight in this game. Yeah. So I'm gonna take uh, Carolina minus eight. Um not gonna touch the over under. I'm with you on Carolina. I think Carolina minus eight is a very good bet. I also think this is a letdown game for the for the rest of the Texans team. I think obviously we can say that Davis Mills isn't gonna have a great game. Um I don't think that's the hottest take of all time. Um but for the rest of the 21 starters, you know, you lose, you win week one against a bad Jags team. You're filling up, and you play a close game against against the Browns. I think this is the. I think after that game Sunday is the moment where it really sets in for a lot of the veterans. It's like this team isn't going to do it. Uh, they saw what happened in t- with Tennessee. They're going to separate themselves. There isn't a ton to play for in Houston right now. Um, so yeah, I think this is a letdown for the Texans. I think they cover. Uh, I think the Panthers cover. Um, and I think I'm going to take the under because I don't think the Texans are going to score very many points. And I think it's uh, a lot of the pressure is going to be on the Panthers' offense to get the over by themselves. And I think 28 is a good number. I think 28 to 31 in that range will be what they get. And I can't see the Texans getting more than two touchdowns. So I'm going to go the under. Um, I wouldn't be so sure about everybody just doubting the Texans because they beat Jacksonville week one. Congrats. And they played Cleveland to a touchdown last week. Well, 10 points. See, I just, I, my, my whole takeaway from the Texans Cleveland game was just, let me, give me a second. I'll pull it up. But I was looking at the Browns schedule earlier today while I was on lunch. Cause I was just really bored. I was just going through the NFL so in week one, they played the Chiefs really tough. That's a that's a big game for them. And then next week, they had the Bears. I just don't think they were really – I just don't think they were coming out ready for the for the, uh, for the Texans. And I know what you're going to say is like the NFL, you're going to come out ready for anyone. I just – I don't know. They're all – they're humans too. They're humans too. I don't think that they were all coming out ready you know, to go to war against the Texans. <clears throat> I would agree. I don't think the Browns have looked their best the first two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they haven't, considering the damn roster they got. Yeah. Those dudes, I'm thinking they are, you know, possible Super Bowl contenders. But, anyways, um, I'm going to take that. All that being said, the line has slid from seven to eight, and for good reason, because everybody's taking the Panthers, and I will too. Um, that team looks good. We talked in the first podcast that, and I said, Carolina's not that far away. They were basically a quarterback away this whole time, and here we are. And Matt Rule and Joe Brady, they're for real. Christian McCaffrey's healthy. It's a good football team whenever Christian McCaffrey's healthy. The Panthers. Nice. Joe Brady is going to be drowning in money this offseason. Every yeah. single has, has no going to go after him. Every single thing. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be shocked if he ends up going back to like USC or something, unless he just wants to stay in the NFL. That's kind well, of where I'm yeah. I think that's the only team that really could afford him because once that NFL money gets thrown at them. Oh, yeah. They're paying 10 or $12 million a year. Or, you know, Belichick's getting paid probably more than that at this point. 
Yeah. Somebody's going right. to pay up. Falcons, Giants. Giants are three-point favorites. Over-under is at 48. Give me the Giants. <laughs> I like the Falcons. Um, I like the Falcons. Plus three. <laughs> <laughs> I, I said it a couple pods ago. I like the I'm, over, I'm, too. I like the over a lot. Over 48. Give it to me. I'm just going to go against the Falcons every single game this year for the whole reason of if I'm going to sit there and I'm going to be upset about the Falcons game, I'm going to want my, my count to go up. And honestly, like, I had – so on Sunday, I had the Falcons team total under 20 and a half. I had Gronk's over interceptions. I had the Tampa Bay spread. And honestly, there in the fourth quarter when they got to a three-point game, I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I don't care. I want the Falcons to win. And that, I like that. I, I like that I'm able to do that. Because if the Falcons win, I could I could give a damn about a $15 bet that I have. I want the Falcons to win. But, you know, once everything, you know, once the shit starts hitting the fan and the Falcons start imploding, which is inevitable because it happens every Sunday, this week it happened around 645. Typically it's around 3. Um, it's like you can set a clock to it. I'm gonna want to profit off of it. So yeah, for that reason, give me the give me the Giants. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but give me the Giants. Um, I'm probably gonna take Atlanta. I think Atlanta is gonna actually beat um, New York. I think the offense is gonna have to get it together at some point, and this might be the team to do it against. Did I don't know if y'all saw? Did y'all see Nick Wright? Um, today? he lost on today, dude. Great, insane. He says that after week eight, Garrett, I don't know if you saw, he said after week eight, the Falcons are going to be five and three, and then immediately followed that up because that's that's insane in its own right. Immediately follows that up with the take. He's like, Yeah. And slow the brakes on the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals are going to start losing. Like, bro, what what NFL have you been watching? That after two weeks, you're going to be like, yeah, the Falcons are about to start soaring, and the Cardinals are going to die. I'm with you. you. Battle the birds. <laughs> I just don't know what he's smoking, bro. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. See, the Fox guys are heavy on the Falcons. Like, Colin Coward had him, them going like 9-8. and eight. Well, the thing is, is like they should be really good, but the O line is just there. The trend they lose in the trenches, and when you lose in the trenches, you lose in the NFL. That's just a point blank period. But the, their D line and their O line suck. It's bad. Yeah, there's a lot of, the line of scrimmage there. is not good for the Atlanta Falcons, but I don't think it's that great for the Giants either. Thinks this is a good matchup for us. Think Calvin Ridley's gonna have a big game. I think Kyle Pitts will also have a big game. Yeah, Kyle Pitts breakout party. Think we're gonna score a lot of points. Think, think the Falcons are putting up thirty at least this week. All right. Uh, Chiefs Chargers Chiefs minus six and a half over under 55 and a half where is it it's in Kansas City give me the Chiefs for that reason minus six and a half yeah honestly I mean I was big on the Chargers I still think they can have a good season I was a little disappointed by them this week I really was uh, and I don't and that's not Shout even out, me Cowboys really trying to Trying to rip the Cowboys, because um, I had the same. I had the same concerns with the Cowboys. I had the over in that game. I was expecting some points, and it was like fourteen to fourteen in the uh, at half. Yeah, and then they just it was and just they were unable to score in anything. Every single big play that the Chargers had was coming back for something. Um, these aren't these these aren't 
things that you're going to be able to do when you're going on the road to beat a really good Kansas City team. And Mahomes has had the Chargers number his entire career. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm just just give me give me Mahomes. I'll take that. What was he ever under? Fifty five and a half. Um, I'm gonna take the under. I'm with you on that one. Chiefs minus six and a half in the under. I'm with you. Think the, I think the Chiefs coming. I don't. I'm, there's no way they're gonna lose back to back games. Chargers, yeah, should have scored a lot more points at home against Dallas. A little concerning. Yeah, I'm really starting to think that the, that the Chargers' offense might be a little overrated. Something's up. Something's up. I mean, like they had the tools and everything. I mean, it may be just another thing in coaching, and also like it's just. This game to game, he's still pretty young quarterback. I don't know. Um, I'm taking the Chiefs though. Chiefs six and a half. They're not going to lose back to back games, just like Garrison said. And what's over under? Forty eight and a half. Fifty five. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna take it because Kansas City's definitely going to score over thirty, and uh, Sandy or LA should definitely score over twenty. I like my chances. Okay. Lock of the week time for me. Uh, uh, y'all, y'all don't have to pick this game, but this is my lock of the week. Titans minus five and a half against the Colts. Uh, Carson Wentz has sprained both ankles, which is hilarious. And he's uh, such a pussy. And uh, Jacob Eason came in late in the game, threw a pick, uh, which wasn't cool. And uh, the I think the Titans found the rhythm. That was a huge second half they had against the Seahawks. Uh, especially because they were down two touchdowns. I was getting really nervous. Um, the Titans plus six, where they came back, they knew it. They finally, I mean, game one, they didn't do it at all. In game two, they fed my guy, Derrick Henry, 35 times and then passed it to him another five or six times. Give him the ball like 42 times. Do it again. You'll smash the Colts. Lock of the week. I haven't hit one yet, but this is a guarantee. Minus five and a half Titans. So uh, you guys don't have to pick it. You guys don't have to pick it if you don't want to. But that is my lock of the week. For my lock of the week, I'm going to go with Packers plus three and a half um, on the road in San Francisco. Sunday I night. Think, yeah, I think I think that's going to be a good one. Uh, I can't, I'm not. I don't want. I, I do have another game that I feel really good about. But in case it's Caleb's, I'm gonna let Caleb pick. Yeah, do yours because I don't want to you know step on any toes here. Um, my lock of the week is the Bucks at the Rams. It was. Not, How about that? Uh, wait, you're taking the Bucks. Brady, when he's a freaking underdog, it's just not gonna happen. Two See, points. I was taking Rams. I was taking Rams. No, t- no Brady is Bucks. now the favorite. Taking Bucks. What? Yeah, yeah he was. There, he did start war. out. He did start out as the underdog. I'm taking the Rams on that one, though. Yeah, I'm taking the Rams. I'm, I, I'm taking I like the Rams. The, I like the Rams. I think what? this is the, I, I think this is a letdown game for Tampa Bay. Dude, I still think they're really good. I, I'm still all over the Rams this year. I think they're gonna. I think they win this game. Matt Stafford, greater son, Tom Brady. <laughs> Currently, right now, honestly, Maybe. it's a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Brady has thrown probably ten touchdowns this year already, uh, but maybe. Um, I'm taking the Bucks, man. You just don't go underdog on Brady. That's a good team. It's really a good football team. They screwed up right there at the end of the last game, but um, listen, the Rams like to run the ball. You don't run the ball in the Bucks. You got to throw it. And the Rams get one team that can maybe keep up with them, but 
The Rams really have about four guys on offense they give the ball to. They're going to be down Darrell Henderson probably this week. And the Bucks are still the damn Bucks. They got freaking six receivers that are probably that's going to be their best receiving core in football. I mean, it's not not a question. Ain't it crazy how Scotty Miller was like really good? <laughs> yeah, two years ago and even last year, he just doesn't even see the field anymore. No, no, he's a special teams guy. No. Antonio Brown's yeah. too good. He is Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. How do you have Gronk already have four touchdowns this year? And then we we haven't even talked about AB. We haven't talked about Cameron Brate. OJ mm-hmm. Howard showed up in this last game. What the hell? Where are these guys coming They're from? They're loaded. They're absolutely loaded. Yeah, yeah. Tyler Johnson is their like fifth or sixth option, and Scotty Miller doesn't see the field. And he called a, a touchdown in the NFC Championship game that was huge last year. You're not going to beat those guys. Bucks minus two, lock of the week. Give it to me. All right, let's pick three more games, and then we'll wrap it up. Uh, Saints, Patriots. Patriots minus three in Foxborough, over under 41 and a half. Someone else start. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna take the Patriots minus three. I've really liked what I've seen from Mac Jones. I think he's a solid game manager. I think he's going to be able to get this one. And my three points. See, here's the thing I like about three-point spreads. I don't know if y'all can relate. Because every once, every once in a while, you'll see a game win by one or two points. But the vast majority of the time, you win by – if you're going to win, either win by three points or win by more. So I see a three-point spread is basically like a money line in a lot of scenarios. So for that reason, give me the Pats minus three. I'm riding on the train with you, Jake. You know how I am. Pats minus three. They look good. Saints have another bad week. Jameis Winston is playing probably the best secondary in football this week. Uh, going to be pretty tough. And Mac Jones have a day. Two tight ends is going to give the Saints a problem. It always has. I mean, Jonas Smith didn't do much this past week. Hunter Heary got more of the burn than anybody, and the running backs are still for real. So, yeah, give me the Pats. Worried about uh the worried about Jameis against that defense after last week. Also gonna take the Patriots minus three. Okay. Uh Seahawks Vikings. Seahawks are minus two. It's in Minnesota. Over under fifty five and a half. I would like to go first. Over is hammered. And I'm gonna take the Vikings at plus two. Dude, I like that. I'm gonna take the Vikings too. I think the Vikings are due. I think the Vikings are due. I think they played two really good games the last two weeks and they've lost both games. So I think they keep it close. Skull. They keep it close. I think they win. Yeah. yeah. I think I think it's time for them to get a dub. And I don't know how y'all feel about the Seahawks. I don't know how y'all feel about the Seahawks. I think obviously they're a good team. Obviously we're going to see them um, in the playoffs. I Well, I guess, you know, now I say that so confidently, but looking at the NFC West this year, that's not really a foregone conclusion. I think they're so uh, top-heavy. On offense, like they're just like it's 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 heavy. Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and then you get a little bit of Chris Carson here and there. But then the defensive side of the ball, I mean, they're terrible. They're terrible. They're absolutely terrible on the defense. They're terrible. And I don't know if y'all saw, but um, I think Dalvin Cook's going to run for 150 yards. I freaking hope so. I freaking hope so. I'm talking a lot of shit to Drew right now, and I I need him to go off. Um, but. After the game, they asked uh, Pete Carroll. Uh, nice, I like this scene. That's a good one. Under the sea, 
they asked Pete Carroll about that every time. They said it would have been nice if Russell could have done something. I just don't get that. I don't know if y'all had a different mm-hmm. – you could make the argument that he had a – Russ asked for a lot of things this offseason. He wanted control of the offense. He wanted more input, all this. But I just don't get how head coaches in 2021 are still doing this. Like, after the game, your answers are, yeah, it was tough, but we move on. That's how you should answer every single question to the media. But instead, you're going to give them – you're going to make this, like, little divide between the head coach and the quarterback, head coach talking shit about the quarterback. I just don't get why you do that. I don't know if you all have a different interpretation over it. But after you lose a tough game in overtime – why are you going to go out there and say, yeah, it would have been nice if Russ could have done something in OT? I don't know. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Russell Wilson threw for over 300 yards in that game also. <laughs> like, he, he, he played very well. Yeah, I think Russ does everything. He, he is everything. I don't know <laughs> what, what the problem is. And I'm completely with y'all. Like, they're very top-heavy. Um, defense is bad. Minnesota has had some bad beats the the first two games. Let's be honest. Like, and you know, when Minnesota is at home and they're an underdog, I always like the pick and take Minnesota. Gotcha. All right, and we'll wrap it up with this Monday Night Football: Eagles, Cowboys. Give me the motherfucking Eagles money line. Let's run it back. Jalen Hurts. Let's go. Jalen Hurts, Eagles, plus four, plus 170 money line. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. I'm going to take the Cowboys. I'm going to take the boys. I think they let down a little bit. I think uh, they're going to be a little upset uh, about how they performed last week, even though they were able to get out of L.A. with a win. I think this offense comes out charging. Uh, Eagles played good last week against 49ers. The Eagles aren't bad. I'll, I'll, I'll be the first to admit I was very anti-Eagles last week and really the week before when I took the Falcons to beat the Eagles. Um, I was like, the Eagles are bad. The Eagles are bad. I can't say that as sure-heartedly now because they're they've they've shown that they can play. Jalen Hurts has shown that he can make plays. Devontae Smith was a little with. Correct me if I'm mis- mistaken. Devontae Smith didn't do much this week, correct? No, he scored like in fantasy. Didn't do much. Offense didn't do much. Yeah, no, they they had a really bad offensive game. They only had a like a field goal for the first three quarters or something like that. I mean, Jalen Hurts, but Jalen Hurts is the Leading rusher too, so yeah, yeah. So yeah, for I, I, I'm, I would really take the Cowboys for more of. I think the Cowboys are just a better team. I'm on that boat with you too, Jake. I'm taking the boys. I think uh, that offense is really, really, really good. Like they're scary, and if Zeke even you know stop eating all those cereal bowls, maybe they'd uh, be able to run the ball a little bit, and they'd be good. Hey, I think it's time for the discussion. Is Zeke or Pollard? I think Pollard's the best running back in the Cowboys' backfield right now. And no, I, don't, I, I, I don't I am think it's still close. a heavy. I really Zeke don't believer. think it's close. I said it last. No, I think it's last week so I was like, oh, I don't know. I think I'm still a heavy Zeke believer. Zeke gets you what defense gives every single time. If the if the offensive line blows the defensive line two and a half three yards off the ball, he's going to get you two and a half three yards off the ball. But if there isn't a hole, he's getting he's going to get tackled at the offensive line, at the line, or maybe a gain of one. He just doesn't have that burst that we that we saw all the way back in Ohio State or his first couple of years in uh, in Dallas. We just don't we aren't seeing that burst anymore. And I feel like whenever Michael Pollard gets the ball, he's just so much quicker with it. He's so much quicker with the ball. It's Tony Pollard, but yeah, Tony Pollard. Yeah, my bad, my bad. 
Who's Michael Pollard? Is that a guy? He's probably uh, he's probably a manager of like a backup or something. Yeah, probably. Yeah, the changes are Michael Pollard does exist somewhere. <laughs> that is true. I'm trying uh, to actually. I'm trying to get uh, Tony Pollard from Justin right now. I'm trying to make a move because my yeah, class. Because Justin's play. team just sucks. Yeah, Justin's team's terrible. Uh, Terrible. He just starts yeah. Odell both weeks. Yeah, honestly. And that, that kind of made me mad yesterday in the group. And he was like, yeah, my team sucks. It's like, well, maybe if yeah. you didn't just have a, just a zero sitting in your wide receiver spot, and it's not even like he was a game time scratch. He, he yeah. was out since Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why yeah, I almost said something like, hey, man, do you know uh, you know Odell doesn't play, right? Like he's uh, – that's a terrible draft pick. Yeah, it all shows in the draft. Ryan and Jake – Ryan and Justin had the worst two drafts. And it shows. Um, all right, that's all the football. Anything else? Anything else? Anybody wants to say? Get get your get your emotions out. Well, I guess we can talk Braves real quick, like for like a couple minutes. Yeah. All that's we have to do goal. is sweep the Diamondbacks. All that's we have to do. We're up two nothing right now. Um, Austin Riley hit a two run bomb. It got feel, scary. What happened to the Phillies? Phillies uh, are down one zero in the sixth. To the, there we go. To the O's. Things got scary out in. In San Francisco, it got a little scary hours because going into game three and we were up by one game, I was like, man, we're going to get swept and it's going to be tied. But, hey, we came through. Um, I don't know what Schnitt's still doing, jogging Will Smith out there on a nightly basis. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't don't understand it. We lost on a walk-off with Kevin Gosman, walk-off sack fly. That is so much pain. (laughs) There is so much pain behind that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I feel, I feel a lot better today than I did, you know, halfway through last week, I was starting to sweat. I'm feeling good. I think we've got the East locked. Oh, Philly just tied the game at one, one, but, so, I mean, uh, we're up three games right now. We're up three we're games. Up three games. East. All we have, I think if we sweep the Diamondbacks, we win the East. That's my prediction. Yeah. So the Phillies are playing the Orioles right now. Oh man, them losing to the Orioles last night's huge. Oh my God, they're four. The Orioles are forty-eight and a hundred and two. Oh my God, it's like twelve know. games left. That is, dude. <laughs> that's horrible. But then they do have a favorable schedule. I will say that because after they play, they're playing the Orioles right now. They play the Orioles tomorrow. Then after that, they have a three, four gamer against the Pirates. And then it's a huge series against the Braves. That's the thing. That's the thing I'm thinking about is none of this could have mattered. The entire rest of the season just could not matter because if we go in, um, thankfully it's in Atlanta, but if we go into the Philly series and we lay an egg, all that we've done this whole season doesn't matter. We're going to take care of business in that, and that'll that'll – That'll determine the East. It will be Anderson, Morton, Freed, though, those three games. Oh, yes. Again, now we're facing Wheeler, Nola, Gibson. The Friday night's going to be a battle. Give me us three. I I would take our three over them. And even though they, yeah, especially Zach Wheeler. I mean, any gimme of Zach Wheeler is not a gimme. But, man, those are going to be some games right there, man. Wait, no, our schedule, uh, it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday against the Phillies. Mm Mm-hmm. You said Friday. Oh, I meant, yeah, so it's Tuesday, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Oh, okay. Okay, I got you. I think but we yeah, got that's all I've got. Like, it's, it's, we're three games up. I feel pretty comfortable. I think we're rolling. We're fine. Just I think if we, yeah. all we got to do is beat the Diamondbacks. All we got to do is sweep the Diamondbacks. That's all we got to do. Yeah, and that'll pretty much lock it up. 
we sitting good. All right. Well, for episode 33, Scotty Pippen edition of Deep Shot Podcast, I'm Garrison Cookman, Caleb Spear, Jake Johnson. Thank you again for joining me. We'll see you all next time. See you guys. Deuces.